Well, um, I'm not the bearded biber, Bible biker man. <laughs> How do you, what is it? Is it bearded? Bearded Bible man. Bearded Bible biker man. Say that five times fast. <laughs> but I'm really excited to be here today to thank you. I want to thank Pastor Jackie and Kathy for allowing me to speak this morning. Uh, what a great opportunity. Uh, I've had this sermon on my heart for a few months to be able to speak to you guys. And I also wanted to thank my, my a lot of my family came in from Twin Falls, and we have some from Boise that are back there. So you guys wave hi. Yep. It is such a blessing to see them. I know my parents are watching online in San Antonio, so that's always fun, and I'll say hi to them. But that'll, we'll see it in 30 seconds because there's a delay on the camera. So um, I want to start off by saying just how thankful I am, too, for our worship team, um, for Tyler and for Michelle and everybody who was up here this morning, Krista, Lisa. They do such a great job. And uh, I'm especially thankful that I, I am married to the really cute one that was standing right here. She, she is a hottie, yeah. So, and, and yeah, and every man that has a wife said amen, right? Because, you know. But I wanted to start off with this. And that is, we sang the worship song, How Great Is Our God?, uh, written by Chris Tomlin, great guy, written a lot of really neat contemporary worship style music. And I began to really think about it. How, how great is our God? How magnificent is He? There are no words to explain just how great and mighty and huge that He is. In fact, um, who in here is a science nerd? Do we have any science nerds? I didn't say look like a nerd. I said just a science nerd, all right? Because I, I, I am too. I'm a science nerd. And I remember my, my favorite subject, one of my favorite subjects was science. My other two was lunch and gym because we got to play basketball for a good hour. But lunch was definitely my favorite subject in middle school and high school. And, but I remember that we got to dissect... Uh, what was it at first? It was uh, a goat's eye. We got to dissect that. We opened it up, and there's all kinds of great fluid in there that is gross. And then we got to dissect a squid. And a buddy of mine, talk about peer pressure, a buddy of mine said, hey, I dare you to stab the, the ink little sack in it. And I knew it wasn't a good idea, but I fell into the, to the temptation anyway. And so I just went, boom, and I stabbed it, and that stuff went flying across the room, seriously. And it hit a girl's shirt, and the teacher made me stand up, and she gave me a nice scolding for the next five, ten minutes. And so, yeah, I, was, I fell into peer pressure pretty easily. Another story I remember is one of our teachers, her name was Miss Piper. She was our science teacher. And she asked us to do a presentation and we were going to do an after school presentation and invite our families to it. So I had to get up and speak in front of not just my class, my peers, but I had to speak in front of their families too. And each person had to give a presentation on some kind of galaxy in space. So I got to pick one 
And we made the whole room, we covered it in trash bags so it was dark and put some cool music behind it like we were sitting in a spaceship. And so I walked up with my paper getting ready to speak and I'm just shaking. I'm like, I got to get through this as fast as possible. In fact, I think the, the P mark is still on the floor today <laughs> from that because I was so terrified. But today's a little bit different. You don't have to worry about me doing that today. I'm, I'm good. I'm excited about presenting this to you guys. So have you ever taken some time to look around you, to look at a sunrise, to look at a sunset, and see how beautiful God's creation is? There's more beauty out here, way more beauty than Texas. It's flat land, it's trees, you get to have fun in a tornado every now and then. But how beautiful is God's creation? This canyon is gorgeous. We, we enjoy kayaking with our kids down the river, and it's so peaceful. You sit back and just listen to the birds, and it's beautiful. God's creation is screaming out to us and telling us how magnificent he is. If you look in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 through 2, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. So each star is screaming out to us and saying, God is worthy. He is worthy. He is huge. Don't sell God short. And they're saying, God is the Almighty. He's bigger than what you think. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 Sorry, I'm going to go through these scriptures kind of quick. There's, there's a few of them. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the lightness from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning all in the first day. This all happened on day one. How many of you guys ever wanted to be there when God created everything? Uh, I didn't want to be there because there was so many things going on. I mean, it would be cool to watch like on a TV, but actually be there, it would be like you put on your sunglasses and just see God go to work. He, when he spoke, there were explosions. There were all kinds of, there's gases coming out of his mouth. There was, there was fire. There was everything that you see in the sky and on earth he made. And it all happened in one day. So I, I believe in the Big Bang. Not the Big Bang Theory. That says there's nothing, something from nothing. But I believe in the Big Bang that God, when he spoke, there was a Big Bang. And everything was created in that day. So what if the purpose of the universe is to show off God's splendor? To show you and I that he's amazing. I'm going to show you a video here in a sec. It's this gentleman, his name's Dr. James Gimzuski, and he's a UCLA chemist of sonocytology. Say sonocytology. 
Sono Cytology. And I'll say it five times really fast. Just like bearded biker Bible man. <laughs> but Sono Okay, I'm even getting it wrong. Sono Cytology is the study of cell sounds. Did you know that cells make sounds? I did not know that until I studied this. Cells themselves make sounds. And I want you to hear this. You put a microscope to it and check this out. Kind of sounds like a heartbeat, huh? Or, or when the doctor comes in and looks at uh, inside of a pregnant woman's stomach and it, you kind of hear the heartbeat, that's how it kind of sounds. But isn't it amazing that even the smallest of the small, so we're small as it is, but the cells inside of our body are screaming out too and they're saying, worship God, worship God. That when he spoke that there's everything is made out of sound. Isn't that interesting? Why would it be made out of sound if it was made from nothing? God spoke these things into existence, and because he spoke it, the vibrations out of his throat, out of his mouth, made these things, and they're made out of sound, and they're worshiping God. Isn't that a cool concept? So Psalm 193, 13 through 16 says, For you formed my inward parts, you've covered me, in my mother's womb, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. The very insides of our souls know who the Creator is. It's God Almighty. Psalm 33, verse 6, says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. So, I'm going to go a little bit further here. So we started inside of our body with our own cells. And now I'm going to kind of just focus kind of really far out here. So I remember about two years ago, we came to visit. We were still living in Texas. And we came to visit our family here. And we were staying at Michelle's twin sister's house, my brother-in-law. And I walk outside one night. And I just, I just decided to look up in the sky. I was like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to look up because it's really dark around here. I wonder what's up there. So I saw a, a zillion stars. And that's the first time that I've seen it that way. I, I'm a city boy, and you cannot see anything basically but the moon out there because there's so much light. And being in Hanson, because they live in Hanson, it was so dark, I could see everything. And then my brother-in-law walks out, and I tell him, hey, what's that, what's that, uh, all that dust? I know it's dusty here and windy, but it's in space too, it looks like. Because there's this big old dust cloud that's like in the shape of an arm. It's really weird. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's our galaxy. That's, that's the arm of the galaxy. And I'm looking at him in shock like, what? I've never seen that before. And he goes, yeah, you need to get out, city boy. You know, you <laughs> need to get out and start looking at stuff. And... I was just in amazement. I had never, ever seen that before. And how neat. And then in the same minute that we were talking, a, a beautiful, gorgeous, pure white owl comes swooping 
over us and goes and, and perches in a, in a tree next to us. And I was like, wow, even so the biggest thing that God created down to the smallest, I never seen an owl like that before too. So I was double freaking out. I was like, whoa. And I was like, whoa, an owl. And it was so cool. Those owls look amazing. They are huge. So we're going to go out here. I want to explain to you what a light year is before we move on. Because a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. You know that? 5.88 trillion miles. And so light travels at 168,000 miles a second. That's fast. I think if I remember right, they were saying that if light were to travel around the earth, it would travel around, I think, at least a few hundred times a second. That's how fast light is moving. So I'm going to show you a picture here. This is the Milky Way galaxy. What's that? Oh, the lights. Yeah, you might want to drop the lights there so you can see it. Is that better? So this is the Milky Way galaxy. Um, it's big. It's huge. Pretty neat. You can't see it because we're in it. You can see one of the arms, which is, which is cool. In Isaiah 40, 25 through 26, it says, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. In other words, God's saying, I named all the stars. I'm powerful and I'm mighty. And I remember the names of each and every one of them. I can't even remember the names of five, <laughs> let alone billions and zillions and who knows how many more are out there. So I'm going to show you another picture here. This is the Milky Way. And so this, they say that it spans 100,000 light years. So, okay, let's do the math here, okay? So 100,000 light years. One light year is 5.88 trillion miles. So let's see. I'm not very good at math, but let's see how this goes. 5.88 trillion miles times 100,000. I, I stopped counting at one light year, 5.8 trillion. So I don't even know what the number is, but that's big. That's huge. Let's, let's go to this next slide here. I want to show you where we're at in the Milky Way galaxy. So if you can see, there's Earth. There's a zoomed-in picture of Earth, and it goes up. We're not even the center of the universe. We're not. We're not. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that, that think the world revolves around you and, uh, and space and matter, it definitely doesn't. Yep. So we are stuck somewhere in there, some little tiny bitty blue dot in the middle of a huge giant galaxy in the middle of the universe. And uh, it just, it keeps reminding me how amazing God is. That came from his mouth. So we'll, we'll zoom in here to this next picture. Here's earth itself. 
Now, we're so far away in this image, the satellite image, that you can't hear, you can't see chaos, can't watch the news, can't hear your annoying dog, neighbor dog that's barking all day long. But doesn't it look beautiful? And, and we live on this thing called earth. You can't see nothing from there. And I've heard that there are a lot of astronauts when they go up and they look back and they see this, they're just blown away in amazement by how creative that they don't know, but they say how creative this being or whatever it was that caused this made such a beautiful planet. And we know it's God. We know God created that. Psalm 8, verse 3 through 4, says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? How God would create this blue dot, put tinier, tiny people on there, and care about them. Isn't that amazing? So I'm going to show you this next picture now. This is our sun. You don't want to look at it uh, with none, no, the, what are they called, the little prote eye protector things that really, I don't even know what they're called, but yeah, you don't want to view at the sun. I remember as a kid, and if there are kids in here, don't get any ideas, um, I used to sit there and look at the sun on occasion and try to look into it. It's like, whoa, mom, why, why is it blue and purple and it's changing colors? It's like, don't look at the sun. <laughs> I've had one of my kids do that uh, even a few weeks ago, and we're always having to guard them. Don't look at the sun, but you tell them that, and they want to look at it more. So what's the point? So we try to, when we're traveling and stuff, we put up a blanket so that way he's not staring at it the whole time. <laughs> so, but what an amazing star. And this thing came out of God's mouth. And you know what? It's like 10 billion nuclear bombs going off at the same time. That's what the sun is. In fact, if you, scientists say that if you try to harness even just one second of the sun, it would take them hundreds of thousands of years to just light up enough energy to run the sun for one second. Again, that came out of God's mouth. God, after he created Adam and Eve, he could have showed them and said, hey, look at everything I created for you guys. And then he could have just dropped the mic and walked off and said, see ya, got out. <laughs> but he, he kept creating. He kept creating. And so I want to show you this next picture of what he created this is Pleiades is what it's called. I hope I said that right. But it's a star cluster 440 light years out. 440 light years. It's, it's not the little dipper. It's not the big dipper, even though it looks like it. But just another cool imagery of, of what God's created. And did you know that uh, Pleiades is mentioned in the Bible? Did you know that star constellations are, are mentioned in there? Uh, this is... 
God speaking to Job after Job is complaining. And this is God speaking directly to Job. And this is what he's telling him. He said, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? That's another constellation. Did you know the law of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? And then we go to Job 40, verse 4 through 6. And this is Job talking back to God after God gives him a laundry list. I mean, that chapter is God saying, can you do this? Can you do that? Do you even know my thoughts? Do you know, I mean, tons of stuff. And talk about, man, like that teacher that was scolding me. He, Job was being scolded by God himself. And, and this is what Job says in, in account to what God's telling him. He says, Lord, I, I'm unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put a hand over my mouth. I mean, I spoke once, but I have no answer uh, twice. But I'm just, I'm just going to be quiet now because I, I don't understand. I don't know what you do. I don't know your thoughts. I, I don't know what you've created. I don't know how to create what you've done. It's, it's amazing and it's awesome. And Job sat there in amazement like, God, I'm sorry for trying to complain about my situation when I know that you're God and you're in control. That was the whole reason for that verse and for that chapter was to see how mighty and awesome God is. Isaiah 40, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12 said, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance. So in other words, God is saying that, do you know anybody who has grabbed their hand and then made a big giant universe out of their mouth and then distanced it with their hand? He's like, I'm going to put Pleiades here and I'm going to put the Milky Way right here. And then he goes and he goes, you know, I'm going to put this universe here and I'm going to measure it with the span of my hand right here. That's how big God is. Can you, I can't even imagine that. NASA pointed a radio telescope, and I've talked about how cells have sound, but did you know that universes have sound, or things in the universe, galaxies have sound coming off of them too? So I'm going to show you this other video. This is called the Velo Pulsar. that, if you can see it, there's a bunch of blue matter coming out of the back of it. The, the, the thing spinning so fast is spinning 11 times a second, and it's just spewing out all this matter behind it. They don't know what it is. They don't, they don't know what's going on up there. They just see something cool. They pointed a radio thing at it, and guess what? It's crying out, and it's glorifying God, and it's telling each and every one of us, God is good. God is great. He's amazing. He's huge. He is God Almighty, Lord of the universe. And every single thing that you see that has ever been created is crying out to God himself in worship. Isn't that amazing? Don't we serve an awesome God, right? 
You're going to get tired of me saying that because I'm, I'm going to keep saying I don't have no more words other than amazing and mighty. And I mean, there's no words to express how amazing he is. So we'll go a little bit further out, uh, further out than 1,000 light years away. I believe it's, this is like 1,500 or 2,000 light years away. But this next picture is uh, called the Hourglass Nebula. And if you didn't think God was watching you, now you do. <laughs> Because uh, it looks like an eye, doesn't it? And it, it's a little s- scary looking. But in the middle of there, that's actually a dying star that um, red dwarfed and then made these rings around it. So it just, no one knows why, or they can try to explain all they want, but they don't, no one really knows why. But it just looks cool. And another reason that, uh, God is magnificent. Now I'm going to show you this, uh, this other picture here. This picture uh, is called the Whirlpool Galaxy. And this is the view from Earth. That's 31 million light years. So if you can see, there's a little, there's a little yellow section. It says M51. That's the scientific name for it. And uh, yeah, can you guys see it? Yeah, um, it's not the actual circle, the yellow circle. It's inside of the yellow circle somewhere. So if, if you can see it, you have better eyes than I do because I, I, you can't even see it from You can't even see it from your house, not, nothing like that. You have to have a, a crazy, amazing telescope in order to see it. But we're going to zoom in to that little spot right there to look at a picture of the Whirlpool Galaxy. So, you may ask yourself, what's the, the blob next to it? And that's another galaxy. But that second galaxy is hundreds of millions of miles away, too. But they just happen to get a picture of it right by... Go ahead and pull that up again. Yeah, they, they happen to shoot the picture right when... Uh, it's just amazing how they did that. And it took, it, it doesn't just take a picture and send it and they get it on their phone type of thing. This, <laughs> this kind of stuff takes months and months to get back pixels and, and sections of it. And then they have to go through and they have to put it together and then they have this. How neat. So if you're asking me right now, well, you're making me feel really super small right now. I'm, not, I'm telling you that you're small. <laughs> you are small in comparison to everything that God has created. And yet he still loves you. There are 300 to 500 billion stars in the Whirlpool Galaxy. So that means, they say, in the universe, a star is born every second. There's another star, another star, another star, another star. And it's not just, you know, little pictures of a star. It's, it's a giant burning ball of fire in nuclear bombs going off every second, every single second. And guess what? God's naming every single one of them, every single one. He's saying, Bob, Joe, 
Christine. Jed. Dallas Cowboys. Except we're going to make that star be a little bit more faded because it's not as bright as it used to be, right? <laughs> For all the Dallas fans in here, yep. But every second, another one, another one, and he remembers each and every one of their names. Now, this next one is, is, is going to really, it, we're going to just go really, really far out, so, so far out that it's, it's just going to boggle your mind. You are you are going to experience a lot of emotion with this. And I want you to sit here. I want you to view this next one because it is extremely cool. And we are going the furthest out we've ever gone. Go ahead and take a look at this. Everything, everything that you saw this morning, everything that I've been talking about was made by him. Everything you saw was made by him. John 1, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and you can go ahead and just, go ahead and just keep that picture up for a little bit, and I'll, I'll just read this to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Through him, everything was made. He was there in the beginning with God himself. The maker of the universe came down to the tiny, itty-bitty, blue planet with even tinier people to die for you and for me, on the very cross that he created. The very tree that he spoke into existence, he allowed himself to hang on for you and for me. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 6 through 8 says, Who being in the very nature, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, 
by taking the very nature of a servant. He took the very nature of what he created of us and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to death, even death on a cross. You and my maker, God himself, creator of the universe, decided that he wanted to die on the cross for you and for me. Now, I I don't know this for sure because I wasn't there, but I think in in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve when they sinned, and because God's such a perfect God that they weren't able to be as much as in his presence anymore because they had sinned, and he didn't want that for them. So I think God and Jesus had this little conversation between them, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? And God says, well, I made them to be perfect, but they didn't, they didn't listen to me. And I think Jesus looked over at God, and he said, I'll pay for them. I, I love them. I want them. And God looks over at Jesus and he said, son, it's going to cost you everything. And Jesus said, I'll do it. And so he came down as a human being and he died to pay the ultimate price and sacrifice just so you can have communion again with God. Isn't that amazing? Out of everything he created in the universe, he chose you and me to, to create and to die for and to bring unity once again. What Satan caused to, for destruction and for division, God brought back through his son, Jesus Christ, so that we can live with him for eternity once again like we were originally created to be. Amen? So the next question is, you may be asking yourself, okay, I, I see all this, I see the galaxies, I see what God's created, I, I see that he's big, okay, but how do I know that Jesus is God? I mean, he, he, yeah, he came as a human being, there's scientific evidence that this has all happened. His body's not here anymore, which means he was raised on the third day like he was supposed to. But I, I, how do I know that Jesus is God still? How, how do I know that this Christianity thing is real? I just, I'm not, not understanding it still. Here you go. I'm going to explain to you something that's very significant and, and pay attention to this. Most religious books that are written were created by one person in the span of their lifetime. So, so think about it. I'm not going to name religions, but you, you may know a few that were made by one man that lived his life, wrote everything down, and had, maybe had his own little disciples going on, and they all wrote about him in that short lifespan of his life. Made a book. Everybody follows it now, and, and it's there. It's, it's the same. It hasn't changed, even though people might have gone in and changed things. I don't know. So the Bible was written by 40 men, okay, 40 men, over 1,500 years. So it's from about 1480 B.C., 
1480 before Christ, not before Corona, <laughs> before Vi, before Christ, okay, to 70 AD, and check this out. So 40 men, 1500 years, no discrepancies, no discrepancies. You can't even, the board here knows this, you can't even get five men to agree on one thing, <laughs> let alone 40 men that some of them didn't even know each other, 1,500 years, and they wrote about the same stuff. They, they, they wrote about a Messiah coming. They prophesied Jesus coming, and they did this all in a 1,500-year span with no discrepancies. I don't know about you, but I think that that was God speaking to them. Zechariah, one of the books in the Bible in the Old Testament, describes the way Jesus will die in detail. In detail. That's a thousand years before. Uh, um, here's, here's nothing. Okay, so David describes crucifixion a thousand years before it happened to Christ. That was a thousand-year one. David describes crucifixion a thousand years before it happened to Christ and 500 years before crucifixion was even invented. Crucifixion wasn't just something that they've always done. David is describing crucifixion 500 years before they even know what it is, before it was even invented. And now, you see people coming together and, and studying these prophecies over this lifespan of, of 1,500 years. And in fact, uh, recently, I'm sure maybe a few years ago, uh, Dr. Peter Stoner is his name. He's a professor emeritus of science at Westmont College. So what he did, he's not, he's not a, a born-again believer, he's a science professor, and he had 600 students study the prophecies of Jesus. And because they couldn't, they, they couldn't it took way too much work to verify all 53 that we know are verified, but it, it, they were studying the detail of it to make sure that it was legit. It was too much work. So they went ahead and studied eight of them, okay? Only eight. So this, all these things they studied, the eight prophecies that, that, they, that they studied was verified by the American Scientific Affiliation, okay? So this is legit stuff. This is as real as it gets. This is people studying uh, God's word in in trying to prove it wrong, but it's, it's always proved correct and right and true. So this is just eight. So what are the mathematical odds that Jesus fulfilled only, if he only fulfilled eight of the 53 messianic prophecies? Okay, so I'm going to tell you the number here and, and try to guess the, the actual physical, physical number, but it's one in 10 to the 17th power. 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Do you know what that is? That's a hundred quadrillion chance that he fulfilled eight of those prophecies. Only eight. 
He, so he had a hundred quadrillion chance of fulfilling eight of those. That's what these scientists saw. So if you take the state of Idaho and you take three of them, okay? You have the state of Idaho right here. You put it right next to the other one and you put it right another one, a third one. So side by side by side. And you took silver dollars, okay, silver dollar. If I haven't seen a silver dollar in a long, long time, but they're about this big and they're, they're bigger than a quarter. If you took a silver dollar and put them right next to each other and lined them up and you covered three of the states of Idaho together, cover the whole thing with those silver dollars, and then you go through and you stack them two feet high. So stack the silver dollars side by side, covering three states of Idaho, two feet high. And then you mark one of them. So you mark one of them with a little pen, put a little blue dot on it or something, a little Sharpie. And you put it into that two feet stack wherever you wanted to within the three states of Idaho. And then you had one of your buddies come and you said, okay, I'm going to drop you wherever it is you want to go in, in the three states of Idaho together. And you have to find that one silver dollar with the blue mark on it. That is 100 quadrillion chance of finding that. What are the odds of finding that one little blue dot, 100 quadrillion? That is the mathematical number that it took for Jesus to complete the prophecies about him, and that was only eight of them. Now, do you think Jesus is God? The same one who created all that stuff that you saw, all those really cool giant planets, is the same God who meets you here today. And he says, I love you. And he says, I care for you. And he says, I, I, I love you so much, I want you to, I want you to notice me. I pursue you. I pursue you and I want you. I want you to be mine and I want you. I, God himself wants you to be his. I'm going to go to Psalm 103 as you guys stand this morning. If you could just stand with me this morning as we close this out. How many learned something new today? <laughs> it's pretty amazing, huh? Take the time. Take the time to go look outside and, and see what God has made for you. I'm going to read you Psalm 103, 7 through 18, okay? Now listen to this really carefully because this shows God's compassion for you. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. 
He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, we don't know how far that is. I just showed you galaxies that were hundreds of millions of light years away. And God says that he cast your sin away as far as the east is from the west. He's not talking about east and west on the earth. He's talking about east and west in the universe. That's how far away he has put away your transgressions and your sins against him. So far he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And his place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his commands. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created by such a big God that no no word, no thing can describe how amazing and how mighty he is. And he chose to come and die for you. I'm going to show you one last picture. This is the core of the Whirlpool galaxy. What are the chances that they would take a picture of the core of the Whirlpool galaxy and the timing of it that it would send a picture like this? you can see it, it looks like a cross. Just another reminder of God's grace that exactly at the right time, the right pictures were taken. The galaxy was turned in such a way that it made that. And God's saying he loves you. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about your future. He's got it in control. And you're at the center of his eye because he created this to show us how mighty he is. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to do this just a little bit differently than normal. I don't want anybody looking up because I want this to be a, a, a portion of this service that you just can show God and, and tell him how you're feeling here. We're not going to have prayer partners up here, but I do want you to think about what I just spoke about. And I want you to be able to have a chance to respond to it. And so with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, Do you know how much God loves you?
do you really truly know? And he wants you to, if you've stepped away from following him, he wants you to return to him. He wants you. So if today you have chosen to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, now that you've seen the amazing and marvelous things that he has done for you and I, or you just want to return to him, I want you to just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. I want you to raise your hand right now if that's how you're feeling right now, if that's what you want. No one's looking, and it's okay. And I'm just going to pray over you. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've given me this word, Lord, to, to speak to your people, Lord, that they would see and understand the very things that you've created and how you've created them to worship you, God. We pray right now that we would not allow the rocks to cry out for us. Lord, that we would not allow things to cry out for us, Lord, but you have made us with your very breath. You've made us in your image, and your image you deserve, Lord, to be praised and glorified. Nothing else to be above you. And I praise you, God. I thank you for these people this morning that have chosen to receive you and that have chosen uh, to be a part of this family of Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we would walk out with uh, such an amazement of who you are that we would share with people, Lord, that we would share with them your word and your gospel to show them who you are. And Lord, I just pray that there would be no condemnation from now on for those that are in you, that are in Christ Jesus, because that's what your word says. Lord, let us be excited that when we come in here, every time we meet together as a church, Lord, we'd be excited for who you are and what you've done and what you've created, that we can worship freely. Thank you, God, for being such a big, awesome, amazing, trustworthy God. We love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Hey, if you made that commitment, and uh, I just, I encourage you to tell somebody, tell your family, tell somebody here in the church, because we, we want to celebrate with you. That, that's our, our, our goal. We love you guys so much. We want to celebrate the great things that God's doing in your life. So you guys just enjoy your day. Look up tonight at the heavens and glorify God because of it. All right. God bless you.